All right, I don't know what time it is on your clock, but I know what I'm getting ready for. It is time for the Professional CISO Podcast with David Malico. Welcome, one and all, to the Professional CISO Podcast. I'm your host, David Malico. This show is an exploration of the topics necessary to move the CISO role forward. Today, our guest is Michael Jinks, CTO of Interpress Security. Before we get started, I want to do some shout outs. Uh, we do have founding sponsors for the podcast, uh, Interpress Security being one of them. Uh, the other is ContraForce. Uh, these folks have seen the vision from the very beginning, and we truly appreciate their support early on in our process. And now, let's talk about being a professional CISO. In today's episode, our guest is Michael Jenks, CTO and co-founder of Interpret Security. Previously, Jenks supported various three-letter agencies and founded Adapt Forward, which was a defense contracting company. Jenks has done a lot of stuff for the U.S. government that he can't talk about. He was part of Adapt Forward, and it was recognized in an Inc. 500 company where they specialized in offensive and defensive uh, cybersecurity operations. Please welcome Michael Jenks. David, thank you for having me. Great to have you here today. All right, Jenks, can you go into your one-minute history? Let's talk about Michael Jenks, you know, maybe even from a kid all the way through to, to kind of your professional career today. Give me that one minute. So, grew up central Pennsylvania, small town, um, all about football, really, um, sports-oriented. So, anyway, um, you know, graduated um, high school and thought I was going to go play football uh, at the collegiate level. Uh, found out that, you know, I am 5'8", and uh, I am pretty quick, but, you know, there's a lot of other larger people that are just as quick at that level. Right. Um, so figured out to probably pivot and focus on studies. Um, ended up at a technical college, uh, Pennsylvania College of Technology. Um, at the time, they were offering some very interesting courses around um, computer technology. This is late 90s, early 2000s, and uh, that's how I ended up with a, a degree in um, actually, it was a bachelor's degree in network communications um, with a concentration in, you know, security, right? So um, off to the races, um, working at a, a dial-up ISP. Uh, back in the day, Chili Tech, shout out to Chili Tech. Um, we were competing with AOL back in the day. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, once I graduated college, um, threw my resume out to try to get a, you know, a big boy job. Ended up at a L3 Communications, mm -hmm. which was phenomenal. Um, it was basically just a small team. I was running the operation, um, but we did everything from running cables through the ceiling, yeah. right, to, you know, firewalls, network configs, system administration, security, all things. So that really laid the foundation um, across my technology um, background um, to, to, to then focus and pivot into a concentration um, in cybersecurity. Excellent. Excellent. We want to make sure that we're we're keeping to the the title of the of the podcast, right? So the professional CISO. So I want to I want to come out of the gate with with kind of that question around what are you seeing sitting in your current position as a vendor CTO on elevating that CISO role, right? So what are you seeing? What are you, what are your observations? What are what are you seeing out there in the world? Yeah, I mean, what I'm seeing out there in the world is it should be getting better. Mm -hmm. It should be getting easier, right? Um, 
we're how many years into you know the cybersecurity field, and there's just a continual wave and onslaught of more breaches. I mean, to a higher degree, um, more uh, very 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 bad right compromises on national levels right. right on critical infrastructure levels right so with all of the cybersecurity companies right with all of this technology it should be getting easier and it's not it's getting way worse so um, why is that i mean it, and it really gets into the sprawl of technology um, different ecosystems that not playing with each other. I mean, these large global environments, um, there's just so much attack surface, right, um, to focus on. There are, you know, ways to measure risk, right? There, there's um, compliance, right? But I think we all can come to the conclusion, you know, now that compliance, right, and, you know, checkbox um, methodology really um, does not secure you from a tactical level. Right, so, you know, blowing it down, compliance is not security, right? Uh, so, link to the business. So, we talk about the sprawl, we talk about, you know, of course, you're gonna have a perspective around the technical aspects as a CTO, so I don't wanna, I don't wanna take you too far off your, off your center. Uh, but as far as uh, the need for, let's say, a CISO being a technical role, or, a te you know, seen as a technical role, but now advancing into that, uh, that business realm of things. Uh, are you seeing the need? Are you seeing the, the, the evolution? Uh, you know, what may be lacking potentially? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, I mean, the CISO needs a seat at the big boy table, right? Right. They, they own a critical component uh, of these businesses, right? So it should not be just left to, you know, the board, to the CEO, right? Um, to the CIO, right? The CISO is essentially the scapegoat, right? Mm. That's got to stop. They need to elevate themselves because these days you don't just get a get out of jail free card. If the security is not implemented correctly, is not taken seriously, that is a huge risk, right? To the livelihood and the, I mean, potential you know, end if your business, if, you, if you're not executing that correctly. So I, I heard you say quantify there in one of the earlier answers. Where are, where are you thinking as a technical leader in the vendor space around quantification, particularly quantification of risk or quantification of threats? Yeah, I mean, different ways to quantify things, right? So there's qualitative, mm -hmm. right? So, and I think a, a lot of you know, CISOs are in that in that realm currently, right? So because it's um, easy. Yep. Let's be honest. Well, eh, I mean, it is it, comparatively. It is. Yeah, sure. Um, I I I'll agree with that. And then, and really, it's let's say hand wavy at best, mm. right? I can't really measure. You know, the, these formulas are. You know, I can massage them, kind of make them look and feel. You know, how I want to. You know, make everybody feel warm and fuzzy. Right. But in the reality is it ain't warm and fuzzy out there, right? As we, as we you know, discussed previously. So what we're bringing to the table, right, is a way to quantitatively measure risk as it relates to threat you'll most likely encounter, right? Is, which is the way we're trying to help these CISOs quantify, right, um, their risk exposure. So do you see interpret security as a piece of the larger risk quantification picture? Um, abs absolutely, right? You know, we're not, 
you know, the entire recipe, right? But we are a strong component of the recipe. Um, and we feel like what we're bringing to the table is, again, a way to quantitatively measure changes on the adversarial side, but also the defensive side, right? To allow organizations to understand, you know, as these changes occur, the type of risk exposure that either is improving or degrading over time. Um, that allows these um, CISOs to um, quantitatively make informed decisions about their threat exposure. So we kind of backed into it a little bit, but I want to make sure that I, I hit this one you know, pretty, pretty hard, which is uh, you know, I, I call things for what they are, and Terpus is one of our, one of our uh, sponsors, one of our founding sponsors, uh, and again, truly appreciate that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, um, I don't want to put on airs as to say, Oh, you know, we're just this, you know, 30 minute infomercial for these guys. So why should we care? Why should we care what Interpus is doing? You know, why me as a CISO, why, why should I be interested in what you're doing and, and where, where you guys are headed, uh, down that, down your path? Yeah. Great question. And, and really it's the foundation of why Interpus, why, why did we found the company? Um, because it works and really we want to help people look as, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's not getting better, it's getting worse. Mm -hmm. But in a previous role in the previous company, we developed this methodology. And really, it's a, it's a blend of a lot of things, right? It's, you know, operationalizing threat and form defense, it's situational awareness, um, internal and external, right? Um, it's measuring things quantitatively, um, related back to the threats that matter most to you, right? So um, we know this works, um, because I've seen it work. And we've I mean, I can't get into the details, right? But we've systematically destroyed three-letter three agency red teams, you know, that came in to, to try to assess us. We've, you know, successfully defended, you know, um, uh, against various nation-state actors, et cetera. And this was all done manually. Mm -hmm. So what we're bringing to the table is a productized version of that methodology, right, that we can just plug and play that allows that systematic quantitative um, capability to be implemented in everybody's back door or backyard. I want to take a moment to talk about today's sponsor, Interpris Security. Interpris optimizes defenses to help CISOs and security teams focus on the threats that matter most and reduce their threat exposure. The Interpris Threat Exposure Management Platform analyzes the dynamic relationship between the defense surface, adversarial tactics, techniques, and procedures, and exploitable vulnerabilities that are likely to be used to attack an organization. With continuous monitoring, organizations know exactly how well they are prepared for existing and breaking events. To see Interpus in action, and to learn how you can gain an unbiased view of your security posture, and defend against the most relevant security threats and vulnerabilities, visit www.interpressecurity.com slash HVM. We appreciate Interpress Security support as a foundation sponsor of the Professional CISO Podcast. Check them out today. So as a CISO, uh, me personally, uh, I'm, I'm a strong believer, I say believer, but also uh, advocate for automation, right? Uh, if we don't have enough folks, we don't have enough qualified folks, generally speaking, we can get it. That's another argument, another podcast for sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, to be able to say, I need to rely on automation to be able to really uh, uh, supercharge my team, be able to, to get them in a place where I can accomplish things that I had not been able to accomplish before. 
how do you guys, how does your approach help with that? You, you hit it right on the head with that question, right? It's all about automation and why. It's because everybody has this issue. And what is this issue? It's as these breach reports are released, as these CISA advisors are released, that's a very manual process mm. that's joint, you know, cross-team collaboration, um, which takes anywhere from days to weeks mm -hmm. for organizations to understand the risk exposure to that latest threat. So the, the general workflow is, you know, an advisory breach report is released, a threat intel team brings that down, parses out all the pertinent information, right? Um, techniques, you know, vulnerabilities, mitigations, detections. They hand that to an ops team that has to log into every individual tool set to understand, you know, config, you know, mitigations. Do we have the appropriate detections in place, right? Very manual, time-intensive, time static in nature. Not enough time, not enough resources. There's upwards of 800 of these that are released every year. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to keep up. So automation, right, is the key. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so maybe the next piece that I would want to look into that my brain goes to is uh, tech sprawl. It concerns me as a CISO that there are so many tools uh, you can walk into any given place. Let's say you're a replacement CISO, right? Uh, I think I, I can't remember the, 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 the stat, but the stat that I'm hearing is somewhere around the 60 tools or something like that. Uh, is there a... One is, are you seeing in the near future, again, from your biased position, a, <laughs> uh, a play in consolidation, some cost savings? Totally. I mean, a few, I mean definitely a, a few angles there, right? So you have new CISOs coming into a new role. Um, I just want to understand the lay of the land, understand you know, what tools are in place, what are the capabilities. Um, but then also M&A. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, as you're acquiring um, other companies, they have like kind tech stacks, you know, just to understand, maintain that awareness across the board. What we're able to do is allow you to have insight as to the value that these tool sets are providing, you know, with regard to that threat informed defense methodology. Mm -hmm. What coverage do they provide against, you know, threat actor groups, malware families, um, adversarial techniques? Um, campaigns, et cetera. So again, you'll be able to, again, identify overlap, identify areas of concern that at that point you have now an informed procurement decision to make um, to fill that critical gap. So um, again, various angles um, that you could leverage um, interpreters um, to scratch that itch. So two more questions on that front. Security control validation, do you guys play in that space at all? Is that, it sounds like there's some cro potential crossover there. Yeah, so from a validation perspective, right, um, we're, we're more um, centered around the same outcome, right? So, um, you know, I would say traditionally validation is more around the breach and attack mm -hmm. um, simulation, targeted penetration tests, you know, red team events, et cetera. Um, but that's difficult, right? That's super difficult to holistically continuously. I'm hearing a lot of labor there. Yeah, a lot of labor, um, a lot of deployment, um, you know, struggles, right? So to deploy that holistically across an enterprise, tough, right? So what we're able to do is provide a very lightweight solution via read-only API that maintains that holistic situation awareness. And really it's a symbiotic relationship because now we would able to be able to provide the information um, to, to allow a very detailed, tailored scoping 
um, of you know areas to focus on for breach and attack for validating mm -hmm. hey that thing is going to fire you know an alert when we think it is you know um, scoping you know what adversaries you know should we simulate from a red team event etc um, so yeah um, same um, goal outcome um, and very symbiotic relationship um, you know with that so you're not a breach and attack killer per se no uh, but you would be able to leverage your tool uh, if you're not necessarily looking to jump both feet into breach and attack potentially. To totally. Okay. The next piece that I would say, the next question of the two, uh, if I know my, you know, Gartner and Forrester well enough, I'm not hearing or seeing that there's this is a place where you guys line up exactly in one of their uh, categories. So where, what are your categories? If you're, you know, somebody's looking and saying, hey. Um, I, you know, I need to really look at a line item on my budget for this <laughs> yeah. or take out a tool or something like that is, you know, is this a net new ad? Is this a, can I take out some other things? Where, where do you guys sit in the category side? Yeah. So there is a new category that Gartner is oh. kind of shaping okay. right at the moment. Um, it's named continuous threat exposure management. Okay. In that category, you'll find tools such as vulnerability scanners, vulnerability management, um, attack surface management, external, internal. Um, you have um, breach and attack simulation um, tools, etc. So, and but what they point out in that white paper, right, where they're trying to shape this quadrant is um, all of these tools in their own right. Um, you know, they provide fantastic information, um, but there's no context, mm. right? There's there's no intelligence layer that's weaving all of that story together with your existing, you know, cybersecurity tool sets. Let's say an EDR. Uh, network sensor, firewalls, cloud security, et cetera, um, with, you know, that, um, again, threat monitoring per se. We feel that we are in that continuous threat exposure management space, but we are that platform that weaves together that holistic story between all of these tool sets to provide the context that helps organizations prioritize mm. and make informed decisions and quantitatively measure improvement or degradation against the, the ever-evolving threat landscape. And again, my brain always goes back to now, that's a that's a pretty large piece of the cyber risk quantification uh, equation. So it sounds to me like you guys are setting yourself up to, to really help drive that conversation. Uh, I'm excited to hear and see what you guys come up with next as far as, mm -hmm. as helping that. I, their future podcasts, by the way, everyone, uh, is cyber risk quantification. It's coming. Uh, I've I can tell you I've uh, having been out there uh, on LinkedIn with two different posts, it has the highest level of engagement that I've had of any of my posts. So I want to I want to kind of ramp down a little bit here. Uh, so what are some of the key points that you see from your unique position um, that you would you know recommendations for CISOs moving forward when as they professionalize, right? Just like uh, as a as a person in the field, as an executive in the field. Right, where are you seeing that we need to take ourselves? What, what would you write if you were sitting? Well, oh, wait a minute, you're sitting with a CISO. Like, what would you tell me? Like, what do I need to be thinking about, Jinx? I think threat first, right? Um, and again, that's coming from experience mm -hmm. um, to where it just works, right? So, uh, I mean, everybody's going to tell you, concentrate on everything. Everything's going to come kill you, right? Where, you know, that's probably not true, right? There's, there's high probability that, you know, certain threat actor groups are going to target you versus mm -hmm. others, right? Right. Um, again, time, resources, not enough of them. So it's really about prioritization and focus. Um, and we like to you know, push that that threat methodology, threat informed defense. Right. So 
Um, that's, but again, it, it's not just, you know, pushing a threat in form of defense methodology. It's pushing that forward with a quantitative way to measure, right. right, improvement, right? So, you know, getting, you know, from a tactic, technique, procedure, you know, threat group, malware, um, prioritizing based on your threat profile. Mm. Um, what's that mean, right? It's, you know, what industry vertical are you associated with? Size of the organization, geolocation operations, types of data you protect internally, PHI, PII, you know, let's say you have some secret sauce formula, right? Um, you know, type of platforms that you have um, in the environment, right? All of that um, is really gonna um, allow you to prioritize the threats that you'll most likely encounter. Once you have that, well now you can take proactive measures to systematically burn down that risk from a prioritized sense based on your threat profile, which is a bespoke methodology, right? Because again, all about time and resources. I, you, I like how you dove into the informed part of that, right? What are, what are the components of that informed piece? So uh, I would recommend you know rewinding about 15 seconds and maybe 30 seconds and re-listening to that uh, because he, he broke it down quite well. So there's those components that you need to think about relative to being informed about the threats. All right, Jinx, now comes to the fun part of the interview. Uh, I have 10 questions, standard questions that I ask all my guests. And ultimately what I want to do is I want to humanize your story and through, through the, your short, relatively short answers to these, uh, it will allow our audience to know you better. All right, so 10 questions. What's your favorite word? Uh, probably bruh. Bruh. What's your least favorite word? Mm, compliance. <laughs> what area of your work do you find most interesting? Um, the puzzles, right? Um, figuring out, I mean, gamer, mm -hmm. right? So it's all about figuring out the, the, the puzzles and the mystery and figuring out, you know, really hard problems. What area of your work do you find most challenging? You know, uh, I'd say product management um, um, is, is a new challenging um, role for, my, for myself. Okay. What sound or noise do you love? White noise, for sure. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, say dogs barking, um, because I get a lot of it mm -hmm. uh, as I work from home. Understood. And I'm, yeah, in yep. the middle of my calls. Right. What's your favorite curse word? Oof, that, that would, uh, it depends, right? Um, depends on what I'm responding to. Like if it's just something that went kind of bad, it's, you know, it's like shit, you know? Yeah. But if I'm reading, you know, let's say, you know, the latest hack, some major, you know, event that happens, that's more like, fuck. Yeah, I got you. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, man, I, uh, I love um, cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. um, and I had an opportunity um, and I um, before this um, to go run a, a hedge fund. Mm -hmm. Um, for, you know, uh, cryptocurrency trading. Nice. Um, so Web3. What profession would you not like to do? <laughs> I would say anything to do with human feces. Mm. Understood. Yeah. 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 And the final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear your God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> yeah. Um, heaven is real. And I would like 
him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Awesome. Awesome. All right. In this episode, we covered <laughs> quantifying the threat, readiness, tech sprawl, automation. We also talked about Michael Jenks and what they're doing over there at Interpret Security uh, and how they're impacting uh, the, the world today. Uh, if you're a CISO, I think it's as imperative that you understand what innovation is happening and have the ability to stay out on that forefront and listen to what these folks are saying. So it's not just a sales pitch that you're getting, that you're actually understanding where our industry is going and that remain, and that's how you stay and become, become and stay a professional. So colleagues and friends, I renew the call. We must professionalize our role. Until next time, I wish you success, happiness, and health in your endeavor to become the professional CISO. Let's do this. We're professionalizing the CISO role. So please subscribe to the Professional CISO Podcast.